When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thanks for joining us tonight. Final hour of the week on 630 Chad Inside Sports before I hand things off to, uh, well, not right away. Uh, Reed will have a couple more days before uh, he officially gets the baton back in his hand. Uh, Two weeks uh, of filling in for Reed for the most part. I know Brendan Escott has been around as well. It's been a lot of fun. You know, it's that uh, time of year where uh, things are kind of quiet. There are some news trickling in and uh, lots of uh, chance for us to just, you know, just talk and be a little bit more casual, but yeah, things will pick up uh, soon. And of course it's been a busy CFL season as it always is, as we cover the Elks here and for the voice of the Elks and their next game is tomorrow, three 30 countdown to kickoff right here on six 30. Chad, Brendan Escott and Blake Dermott and Morley Scott and I will bring you the action uh, starting at five o'clock. Elks and Red Blacks on 630. Chad, a reminder, CertainTeed Hotline, 780-496-0063. CertainTeed, pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, and insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Kellen, uh, exciting uh, night tomorrow because uh, uh-huh. something very special is coming back to uh, to the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, and those are? Oh, yes. Uh, if you haven't been on social media today, uh, I know that they did a, uh, a, a cool little video with Victor Kui uh, uh, that's out on the Elks Instagram and uh, Twitter and you name it. Dave, the mini footballs, they're back. I love it. I love it. All right. So the question, you're before you were... You know, analyst, journalist with the club. You were a fan of the club, obviously. I would, I would imagine, yes. right? Oh yes. How Absolutely. many, many footballs do you think you've owned in your lifetime? Uh probably two dozen. I would say that. Same Easy. here. Yeah, same yeah. here. Now, were you the uh, were you the fan that would kind of go head over heels uh, crazy with the with the with the hands in the stands after a touchdown when they would fire them oh, off into yeah. the into the the crowd back in the day, or were you more reserved and kind of you know stealthily sneak up on you know the person beside you and then as the football's coming, just kind of sneak out and grab it as was uh, the case I, in I'm my situation a couple times. So. <laughs> I'm pretty competitive, especially in my younger days. Uh, uh, I, if I saw the ball coming, I was, I was going for it. Or if I had to, you know, rip it out of someone's hands, I would do that too. <laughs> Although I didn't want to come to that because then, you know, that's where altercations could maybe happen. Be a good fan, uh, but, yes. Yeah, but you know, there, there are ways you can get them, and um, yeah, it was it was fun though. I love that. So I love collecting mini footballs, and mm-hmm. I love collecting the the stickers every year. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. those two were the mainstays for me. Is 
you had to get both of those exactly. in your yeah in your arsenal yeah for mm-hmm. sure that's yep. exciting i love that we uh, unfortunately uh, said goodbye to a long-serving fridge at my parents' place here uh, about a year or so ago, and it had every Double E sticker dating back to, I think, about 1978 on it. Oh, so, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. That's great. And that's because my dad uh, himself has been a season ticket holder since 1978. So uh, yes, shout out right. to Big Jim. That's right. <laughs> right on, Big Jim. Well, the club appreciates your support for sure. So, yeah. So the mini footballs are back. That's, uh, that is very exciting. So they're just about to start the second half in Toronto with the Ticats up 16 to 10. Uh, the two teams have split their series so far. So the winner tonight will have... Uh, Two wins and chance to get a third win on Labor Day. It's amazing they're playing four games in five five weeks. It's just crazy. Um, so the way it goes, though. And then tonight, uh, the uh, Nathan Rourke-less BC Lions take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who will have Cody Fajardo at quarterback as uh, he was pulled late in the second half for Mason Fine. It didn't go all that fine after although he did engineer a touchdown but they lost 28 to 10 Rourke suffering that Liz Frank sprain in the middle of the foot which um, will require surgery and uh, Farron Lalsby of TSN earlier in the week was saying that surgery would come today and then he would be six to eight weeks uh, be non non weight bearing basically but Rourke is trying to get back before the end of the season so we'll see what happens noted as a quick healer um, but that's a tricky injury just because you have the, so many delicate parts to the, of that foot in the middle of the foot with the, the little bit of the bones that are there. And um, it's just tough. You know, it, a lot of things go awry. And that's where a lot of misdiagnosis happens in, in the middle of the foot as well. So hopefully he can get back. But, you know, Michael O'Connor, a lot of pressure on him. And the thing is, he doesn't have to be Nathan Rourke. He has to be Michael O'Connor. And we really don't know who Michael O'Connor is as a CFL quarterback. Uh, had a pretty good career at UBC, but um, he's got a lot of weapons around him. By far the best receiving core in the CFL with Brian Burnham and Dominic Rimes and Lucky Whitehead and Javon Katoy and a good running back in James Butler. Good offensive line, pretty good defense. Their special teams haven't been that great this year, but you know Michael O'Connor just has to distribute and manage the game. And I know, well, who wants a quarterback as a game manager? Uh, every team wants a game manager as a quarterback and with the ability to make big plays as well because you have to in the Canadian Football League. So we'll see how that works. And uh, tomorrow, of course, Elks and Red Blacks, as I mentioned, 3.30 for a countdown to kickoff and 5 o'clock right here on 6.30 Chet. Uh, should be a good one. Well, I uh, always love hearing from uh, Hart Levine of uh, Puckpedia. And uh, if you need... Any information about uh, any cap information of any team, they have it right here at that website. It's, it, it is amazing. Uh, Hart Levine was on with Bob Stoffer earlier in the week about uh, talking about the Oilers and the fact they're over the cap right now. Every team has to be cap compliant by the start of the regular season. And there are about, you know, there's several teams like the Oilers that are over the cap right now. And uh, I don't know, but there's usually a team or two that is under the floor. So you also have to be above the floor. But the Oilers specifically, um, Hart Levine uh, first talked about how the Oilers roster needs to look to comply. 
I've seen some potential rosters out there where where they don't include like a Holloway, for example, in the opening roster. Yeah. Now the challenge with that is like the Oilers need to have basically any anyone with performance bonuses that they expect to be on the team this year because they're going to be so tight to the cap. They really need them in that opening roster submission because anyone the amount of performance bonuses that are included in the opening roster submission those go into an LTIR performance bonus pool, and it, it and if you call up someone and you don't have room in that pool it counts again it comes out of your cap space so for example if Holloway wasn't in the opening roster submission um, and then they wanted to call him up later in the year then instead of a $925,000 cap hit he's a $1.44 million cap hit when you look at the performance bonuses and yeah. again considering how tight they're going to be that seems pretty unlikely um, and you know what, what the worst case for them would be actually what happened last year is if Holloway gets hurt sometime before training camp or sorry before the first game um, because he didn't play any regular season games last year, he basically he would be on injured reserve but had no cap hit, and so they wouldn't get his performance bonuses in that pool. Um, and then they're kind of they have no choice. He, if they want to play him at some point in the year, he's at 1.4 million dollar cap hit. So that would be the one injury that they really can't um, would really put a wrench in their plans if he was somehow injured and not able to be included on the opening roster. Um, that would be a challenge. But any kind of other things like sending. Broberg down for the opening roster because and having a cheaper guy on the opening roster it just doesn't really work because you need his performance bonuses in that separate pool for, on on that opening roster submission or it's going to come back and he's going to cost a lot more on your cap um, during the season. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, so uh, can the Oilers start the season with the current lineup? Here's what Hart Levine had to say about that question. They can make it work without making a trade. Um, to me, it looks like they'd have to go with a 20-player roster um, of healthy guys, so excluding Klopp-Bomb and, and Mike Smith. A 20-player roster, that would give them you know, a couple hundred grand of cap space to spare. Um, but the challenge with that is, obviously, if somebody gets injured, you're in trouble, but also that would include sending a guy like uh, Sam Marukov to the minors, and he would need waivers. I'm not sure if they're willing at this point to risk him on waivers. So, you know, they don't have to make a trade so if they don't if the prices or the the deals don't make sense for them they can make it work with a 20-man roster but again that means risking guys on waivers and it means um, as soon as someone gets in someone else gets injured and, and not a long-term injury just a short-term injury they would have no spare players so that's not a great solution which makes me think that a trade is more likely but you know again it takes, takes two parties to make a trade yeah, and that's the thing, and uh, I think that will start to pick up soon and after Labor Day where, you know, you're a couple weeks out from main camp starting and uh, you got to make your roster start to fit and obviously going into training camp as well because you need to comply by by uh, opening night and be under the cap or be over the floor. So you got to think some maneuvering is going to be happening uh, with Ken Holland and the roster. And you still have Ryan McLeod to sign. And we had Bob Stoffer on the show a couple nights ago with uh, with Escott. And 
a two-year deal doesn't sound very plausible. Sounds like a one-year deal that's going to cost the Oilers a bit more. So, you know, there's Patrick Kane rumors, but that is not imminent, it looks like. That's something to watch down the road during the season. And Sam Gagne possibly in the mix or a Sonny Milano possibly in the mix. I, you know, I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to see, but uh, it doesn't look like, yeah, like what Hart Levine is saying is they are so tight to the cap, even if they make certain moves that they are just walking a tightrope that is unsustainable. So it's like walking on, I don't know, just shaky ground right now, I guess. So Hart Levine says, just, just get through this year. Because next offseason, this all will be easier to navigate. Well, it makes a big difference. I think it, not being an LTIR team potentially next year opens up the option of that the Ross, that they would go into the season with the roster expecting to add during the season because they would actually be able to accrue cap space. So right. you know, just rough math, if you start the season with a million dollars of cap space and you, you don't kind of change the roster during the season by the trade deadline, you can add a $4.5 million cap hit player. Um, whereas when you're an LTIR, you have a million to start the year. You're, you can only add a million at the deadline. So you might see next offseason if they have a hole or there maybe need some depth somewhere, there's not as much of an urgency to address it in the summer knowing that you can accrue some space during the season and potentially be able to bring on that cap it during the year. Um, that, that's one point. But the other side of it is this year as an LTIR team and with guys like Bouchard um, probably earning performance, oh, first you're going to own Slam dunk. performance bonuses, yeah, um, and maybe Broberg or Holloway, depending on how their seasons go, that's going to be a performance bonus carryover um, for next year, and that's going to eat into some of that space that's opening up by, you know, like you mentioned, um, uh, Sekera's buyout or Lucic's retained salary. So they're going to lose a little bit of that um, like that'll carry over into next year. But yeah, definitely it changes things when you're not an LTAR team and it's nice to have some of that dead cap hit off the books. Like this year, they've got, you know, the 4.17 million in the buyouts and retained salary, another 900,000 in bonus, carryover bonuses. So you know, they have 5 million in dead cap hit to start the season. That's a lot. Numbers are fun, aren't they? Hart Levine knows them very well, and he's always very entertaining, and he's always very good at explaining uh, what the numbers mean as well. Uh, how about Boris Beattie's 56-yard field goal? Uh, okay, Seth Small hits, hits 58. Well, I'll hit 56. All the same, right? Except by two yards. But, boy, what a kicking show we're seeing uh, in Toronto as it is, let's see here, uh, 16-13 Tiger Cats uh, early in the second half of play. There was a signing in the National Hockey League today. The Detroit Red Wings signing forward Philip Zadina to a three-year deal with an average annual value of $1,825 million. 22 years old, had 10 goals, 24 points in 74 games last season. So a uh, little bit of hockey news this week. Phil Kessel signing a one-year deal, one and a half with the Vegas Golden Knights. And then earlier, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes signing... Uh, Paul Stastny to a one-year deal as well. Uh, disturbing story of the CFL, and it's unfortunate when we talk about stuff like this. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not good. Uh, it's involving a former member of the Edmonton football team, a fullback Christophe Norman, who is with the Montreal Alouettes. He has been suspended by the Alouettes pending the outcome of a luring investigation. Norman was arrested yesterday after police searched his home back on August 19th. He faces two charges of luring a child under 18, including one count of luring a child under 16 or who the accused believed was under 16 at the time 
of the offense. So uh, actually late last night, the Alouettes uh, issued a release saying that uh, they are aware of the Norman situation and they just want to comment. And this morning they released uh, another statement saying Norman has been suspended. Again, pending the outcome of this uh, luring investigation. Uh, disturbing stuff indeed. Disturbing stuff uh, surrounding Christophe Norman, former member of the Double E, currently with the uh, with the uh, Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Blue Jays, who are in the second wildcard spot in the American League, one clear, one spot clear of the uh, Seattle Mariners who are in the first wildcard spot. Uh, not a good night for the Toronto Blue Jays. They're down 7 nothing to the LA Angels. They're in the bottom of the sixth inning. Uh, Golden Bears last night, successful uh, preseason game as uh, they had a game in Medicine Hat against the uh, Regina Rams. And I will tell you the score in a moment here. Um, I know the uh, I know the Bears won big. Don't you just love that, Kellen? You just have it in your, in your <laughs> and grasp, and it. then it yeah. just slips out on mm-hmm. they, they, Yeah, they won big. Like It's like 34 or 13, something like that. So their next game is uh, when the season starts on uh, the 3rd. So it's just Saturday the one the exhibition game for them, eh? Yeah, I believe just the one. Okay. I believe yep. just the one. So, but a good outcome yesterday, Medicine Hat. Second straight year that they've gone to Medicine Hat. Oh, cool. And, yeah. Uh, played a preseason game. So that is very good. There it is. 34 11. Oh, yeah. 11 was the final score. Right so, on. Very good. Good for them. Yep. Yep. And the first uh, actual conference game will be on September the 3rd. So that's next Saturday. Also, the night of uh, Def Leppard, mm. if I'm correct. Yes. <laughs> Which, you know, Wilkie will be there. <laughs> you know, Kellen will be there too. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going too? That's I'm going awesome. too. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'll be there. Very good. Well, I know the Elks have been, uh, they've been moved to Clark, which that's happened a couple times this year. Uh, Garth Brooks and Monster Jam yes. uh, moved them over to uh, to Commonwealth. So that that's okay. No problem uh, at all. And I think the Pope did as well. Yes. So, yeah. It, <laughs> it is amazing yeah. the amount of events that stadium has seen this year. It's, it's, it's solely uh, over like even dating back to November with the, with the Canada world cup qualifier when it was the yeah. stadia, stadia ice Teca and uh, the Mexican nice. national team had no idea how to deal with the ice, which, you know, <laughs> haha. But anyway, they did uh, <laughs> the, but no, yeah, just the, the amount of events that that stadium hosts over the, the past year or so is just incredible. Very versatile, which is yeah. awesome. For sure, for sure. So, uh, and the Bears next Saturday, as I was going to mention, begin the uh, Canada West season with the uh, against the UBC Thunderbirds. Their first home game will be at Foot Field on Friday, September 9th against the University of Manitoba. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, a normal season for the U of A Golden Bears football team. And uh, hopefully Chris Morris and the boys can uh, have a great season.